This is a Suno India production and you're listening to the Suno India show. Between 2019 and 2020, the central government introduced four new labor codes which replaced 29 labor laws. Now they are working to repeal laws pertaining to tea, coffee, spices and rubber. The Commerce Ministry is seeking views of stakeholders on the drafts of Spices Promotion and Development Bill 2022, Rubber Promotion and Development Bill 2022, Coffee Promotion and Development Bill 2022, Tea Promotion and Development Bill 2022. Hi I am Surya Tapa Mukherjee, your host for this episode of the Suno India Show. And today we are only focusing on the draft tea bill. Initially offering only 11 days for public comments on the draft, the last date for inputs has been extended from January 21st to February 9th to now March 9th. The chairman of the tea board Prabhat K Besbodua had said that the old tea law is redundant in many ways and the tea board should be a promotional body not a regulatory one but trade unions say that the new bill would open up land under tea estates to unrestricted commercial use and that it is silent on workers rights i spoke to virginius khakha now a visiting professor at the institute for human development new delhi He grew up on a tea estate himself and has written extensively on labor rights and tribal rights in the country. So before we start talking about the new bill could you first tell us about the history of tea plantations in India and the laws regulating these plantations. Yeah. Um in order to understand the tea uh, uh, production in in India uh probably one has to go back to the history and tea had become an important item of trade and consumption in great britain and also in europe and the east india company had a sort of a monopoly over tea um and uh, because of the strained political relation between great britain and china the supply of tea the monopoly that the east india company had over tea got severely impacted and uh, they were therefore looking for an alternative uh, ways in which one can uh, you know continue with this very important item of trade commerce and consumption in europe and they did some experiments uh, let's say in regions adjacent to china like in assam and a series of experiments and they do also found that there were some tea bushes uh, let's say in the areas in, in the hilly areas of assam and they realized that probably there is a possibility of about exp- producing tea in assam and the experiment eventually was successful and the first lot of tea which was produced on an experimental basis 
was auctioned in uh, London and it faced a good price. And since then, it has became, it became, uh, India became a sort of a place of tea productions. And tea states, which were just experimentally moved in a commercial basis, and there were a large number of tea states which grew, uh, let's say, in Assam, and then uh, subsequently this is spread to what is known as Darjeeling, then to, to us, that is Jalpaiguri. So you find that whole of the Eastern India, uh, in fact, began to grow tea. And uh, although you find that land was in abundance, capital was forthcoming, but the labor was really a problem because they did try out the local labor, but local labor was not easily forthcoming because either the wages were very low or it were tea bushes with the interior and working conditions was bad. And therefore, they started thinking of bringing labor from outside. And they introduced, therefore, the organized system of recruitment through contractors, subcontractors, and others. And they started shipping the uh, laborers from, uh, let's say, uh, you could say, Eastern, in, not exactly Eastern India, but Northern India, particularly Bihar and Eastern UK. To begin with, and later on, they moved to the uh, regions or territories which was inhabited by the tribal people. Like today, it constitutes Jharkhand or Chhattisgarh or even Odisha, almost northern uh, Andhra Pradesh or what is known as Telangana today. So you do find that the catchment area for the labor primarily became the tribal belt of what is known as Central India. And, um, you know, earlier during colonial period, there were no labor laws. It's only after India became independent that they, the, because the independent India has to be pro-labor. Pro and it, it was pro-labor because of the fact that the labor and the peasants had actively participated in the freedom struggle movement and they wanted to address the problems. Uh, so you find that pro-labor um, uh, uh, pro legislations were introduced even in deep that came in the form of the Plantation Labor Act. And subsequently, many more acts have been added like Maternity Act, uh, Equal Remuneration Act, uh, probably fund and also most of the acts which were applicable to the labor as a whole were also extended to the tea states but the plantation labor act which was specifically meant for uh, the plantation workers and that catered not only to the wage but also the working conditions it the housing the health the education so that is supposed to be the most comprehensive act but now you find that um, uh, these things are being done away with and the, the, what is called parliament has enacted the new legislations in the form of labor code. So most of these acts, the large number of acts which were there, they have been now uh, what is called arranged around the four major acts concerning wage, um, uh, then I think in, uh, what is it called uh, regulation of work, the working conditions, and the industrial relations. So there are four major codes within which most of the acts which were there have been arranged. So it is uh, 
parliament has passed and the states are supposed to make rules but i don't think at the moment the state have uh, are through with the rules and therefore the new code uh, what's called the labor bill the new code has not yet been in the process or is not in the uh, implementation process as of now so that's what it is right yeah and uh, so in terms of like you know the worker exploitation that is discussed a lot uh, can you sort of explain like how this sort of exploitation happens or has changed its form uh, as you know tea plantations sort of pass through different hands or there were like newer uh, regulations or different governments how did this sort of affect uh, you know workers and workers rights and 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 the continued exploitation that sort of happens on some level planters had whether you talk about the british or whether you talk about the indians they had organized themselves into a powerful organizations like the or the british had organized themselves into what is known as the indian tea association and similarly uh, what is called the indian entrepreneurs or indian uh, what is called uh, uh entrepreneurs who were engaged in the production of tea they too had formed an association both in uh, let's in bengal that in jalpaiguri as well as in assam so you know uh, whereas the labor were not really organized and uh, therefore the, and there were no laws and legislations let's say in case in the in the pre uh, what's called during colonial period and therefore they were completely at the mercy of the plantation uh, owners or planters uh, except for the fact that when they were entering into the contract they were signing uh, a contract which is specified some wages and you know but then they did not know about the working conditions and so on so forth so working conditions has been terrible during colonial period wages were low the living in the poor working conditions health facilities were not there the more of a barracks type of housings were there so and the wages were very low so but they could not relocate there there were of course resistance which was at the individual level or the group level but not really organized in the way in which they came to be organized after independence trade unions were not there they couldn't really allow so that were kind of labor exploitations but then even in post independent india in spite of the fact that um, trade unions emerged and they were able to organize and take uh, address the issues of the labor with respect to wages or bonus remunerations uh, let's say the working conditions and so and various kinds of facilities that they were relegating it but then i think uh, the the wages continue to be very very low largely because of the fact that uh, uh, when uh, first time the wages were fixed then that uh, uh, fixing the wages did not take into considerations the what is known as uh, three units of consumption uh, because basically meant that wage uh, should be able to take care of husband wife was called the what's called the uh, uh, three units basically mean meant that husband wife and two children uh, so uh, the the 
rather than three units of consumption because the planters or planters associations began to argue that since we give employment to the family and not to individual and uh, they started bargaining that the industry is not doing well you know going through the crisis and uh, although uh, three units was the standard that was supposed to be somehow the trade union um, you know could not really negotiate effectively and they confined themselves to 1.5 unit of consumption and therefore 1.5 units of consumption became the yardsticks on which the wages were really being paid and uh, that was done around 1950s and that became the benchmark and since then the wages have been increased keeping that in mind so the fact that there was a fundamental f- flow in the very first wage determinations because of taking into the 1.5 units consumption the wages have continued uh, to be much more uh, uh, continued to be low all through the decades because that blunder or that uh, mistake that was really made trade unions never really rectified and therefore uh, whereas each uh, laborer should have got wages equivalent to three units of consumption each laborer get, began to get a wage based on 1.5 units of consumption this was almost therefore half of what they were supposed to get and uh, uh, today therefore you if you find that i'm not exactly don't know what is the wages but even in assam or bengal it's just around probably I don't exactly know is it 201 or 202 or something it's it's surely it is not more than around 200 or something like that so that's the kind of wage you know people they get it of course uh, and whereas the wages are much higher in uh, in kerala and in tamil nadu and uh, and even in karnataka and so on and so forth so it's a little intriguing as to why wages are so low in bengal and assam so that is there but more importantly is that trade unions that made that blunder but never could really rectify that is one the other is that trade unions because in these states you see these are states and they for the for the uh, plantation labor act the housing the health the educations were all supposed to be taken care of by the state itself and uh, uh, somehow the labor couldn't really push Uh, the agenda of the social welfare or this social development parts particularly education and health and then therefore they continue to be illiterate and you know uh, uh, the the, the is, is, uh, in the sense it became more economical and the social cultural which which was a part of the plantation labor act was never adequately addressed and that continues to be even today and therefore although there is, so neither you are getting a fair wages but nor there is overall development of the working class in the plantations in terms of educations and the health as a result of which you find that um, they are not really able to articulate or not able to understand even the kind of law and the kind of rules and regulations that exist in the plantation state so these are problems which are there and which has kept the wages very very low and um, even uh, what they were entitled to in terms of plantation labor act that 
and the and facilities that exist or what exists actually falls far short of whether you talk of health, education, etc., or even lesser uh, toilet facilities, health facilities. And example, I can give you the doctors. You know, the earlier in the fifties, there were most of the state there were a lot of doctors. But if you go today, you find that many of the states may not have doctors. They just some doctors from the town will come twice in a week or so, and that's all. So that kind of deterioration has really taken place as well. Virginia's Khakha said that tribal people from different parts of India migrated to these tea estates, while most states with such tea estates recognize their scheduled tribe status, that is not the case in Assam. So someone belonging to the same ethnic or linguistic group as a scheduled tribe in Bengal or Orissa is instead recognized under other backward classes or OBC in Assam. So they can't seek reservation in jobs and education, for example. Such tea plantation workers have been demanding scheduled tribe status from the government of Assam since the 1950s. But Khaka says they face opposition from the scheduled tribes of the region. Um, so the tea bill right now is in its draft stages, and it is accepting comments from the public. The date was extended from Jan twenty-first. Yeah. So, what are some of the pros and cons of this bill, according to you? See, I feel that uh, tea bill here, of course, uh, even earlier, it was primarily oriented to promotion of tea. It's more of a commercial and uh, what do you call the uh, production aspect. It doesn't really, uh, uh, what is it called, systematically seems to have showing concern with the questions of labor. Uh, what do you even if so if you look at tea industry it looks more of you know the production and it is more of a technical in the sense as to how one can improve the quality of tea production of tea through let's say through the and this research is primarily to do with research about land research about uh, of plants and so on and so forth. So more of a, what is called more of a botanical and more of an agricultural kind of concern. So even when you are trying to talk of the, what is called the production of tea, it is more of a technical aspect. And therefore, whole aspects of the fact that the production does not take place in vacuum. You cannot think of an industry outside of the labor. That labor issue has completely been locked out, except it talks about the skill, developing the skill of the growers. Now, when you talk about growers, are you really meaning labor or are you really meaning the small growers who have now what's called mushrooming, let's say, both in Assam and Bengal? So, Skill development to whom? whom? Are you really talking of skill development of the labor there who are not necessarily the small growers? Or are you really talking about the technical skill development of small growers? So that's not really very clear about it. And uh, and therefore, what I find in the bill is that it's primarily 
oriented to market is primarily oriented to promoting team it is primarily branding it is primarily improving the quality is more about the sale it is more about the commerce in the whole issues you do not find labor has having in a place and that i find somewhat really puzzling in the new table and uh, it has no reference to labor even when it, they, when you look at definitions <laughs> laborers don't exist there's no there's no the thing like a laborer definitions of a laborer is thus overlooked or you find that uh, there's a, even among the stakeholders they don't really appear except i think in the objective there is a uh, it says that uh, protecting the interests of the workers but what exactly the interests of the workers that of course as you know where has never been spelled out uh, later on so i find that uh, this is uh, uh, whereas if you look at the 1953 tt act you do find that they are concerned about uh, the welfare and uh, of the tree plantation workers they are uh, concerned about um, you know enhancing the amenities civic amenities of the plantation workers giving them incentives etc so for example i remember the board has an important role to play in ensuring that the houses which were katsa houses are get uh, are made into pakka houses so you know these at least it used to look after the welfare measures used to provide some sort of incentives etc so trade unions have basically like they uh, have a lot of complaints against this bill one of the complaints is that these two chapters from the previous act has been removed uh, um uh, and they, and they basically talk about how the tea board has no regulatory power no monitoring of tea quality and also that chapters being removed might mean that over 4.2 lakh hectares of plantation land uh, can be opened up for unrestricted commercial use so i'm just wondering like what is your perspective on um, no, no, these are these are these are possible because uh, you see now there is already a diversification of the diversification of land going on let's say which are under the tea so the possibility is that rather than producing tea they will use it for other purposes so that fear that the trade union has is genuine because you'll find a number of tea states now they are labor quarters are being transformed into a sort of house for the tourists you know they are growing other kinds of things so these these are happening and the you know this can be because the land is still with lease on with the companies and there's a large number of tea workers are there they live for example tea bill does not make any reference to the fact that uh, you know the there's a people uh, in the sense that uh, tea garden workers live within the tea state so there is the labor lines the labor colonies so what about those lines so you know there is a genuine fear when if as and when you find that uh, we have moved into this lack of non regulations the chances is that uh, the the people can really be evicted so even today you find that particular people who have worked in the tea state for for generations and they have got retired and they live in the tea state they have been asking to vacate when's the vacate where will they go so all these problems are really coming up so if there is uh, the 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 questions which the trade unions are raising is a real genuine questions and i think it is also something which has been perturbing the workers as well this whole questions of land in the way it is being used 
and uh, the 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 uh, the relationship of let's say the workers with the land, you know, the, the security is there or not. So these are these are genuine questions which are really emerging. There should have been uh, larger consultations while preparing this kind of a bill. I think uh, at least the trade unions or some workers representatives, etc. This would have to say now workers are no longer what they were. There are many of them who are well versed in the situations and they can articulate and all that. So you know th there is a need to discuss with them as well. There's a, the civil society organizations are there working among the tea garden workers today, both in Assam and Bengal. So they also know their problems, etc. So I think uh, anyhow the bill has come, and I only hope that they, they 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 not only take a feedback from the larger segment of the people who, who have an interest in the tea, but also I think there is a, some sort of discussions and uh, or, or conversations between among them. That's I think is an important. Right. In a way, does it seem like workers may have to deal with owners directly with no sort of protection in between? That's possible. If, see, in other words, you find that um, this seems to be a way in which state is trying to wash off its responsibilities, abdicating its responsibilities. So earlier there were some space, at least there are institutional mechanisms. But now if they don't really enter into it. Then the institutional mechanisms, which were there, is gone, and you will find that the workers will completely be now left on on their own through the unions to negotiate. Uh, uh, negotiate another state support may not necessarily be coming. So that I think is a is a, is a problematic, and particularly in tea states, where you find the people really live within the tea states and they are exclusively dependent on the tea state for their livelihood. You know, for for the for. Uh, for, for centuries, for a, for a almost more than 100 years, they have been there. So, and there's no alternative source of livelihood for them, you know, because, uh, for example, if 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 uh, education and health is not really being addressed, they, I mean, then who will really look at? At least there there has to be some institutional which is really have a say, which is trying to assert, which is trying to regulate. But if that is not there. Then I think you are completely leaving the workers completely at the mercy of the of the tea state owners. That's the problem, I think. So you have grown up in tea estates yourself, and you have spoken about how you know tea plantations have exploited workers from the very beginning. So if you could design this uh, bill, what would it look like? What do the plantation workers need? For example, uh, you know, the, the bill talks about the paradigm shift. I don't understand what is really the paradigm shift. Uh, you know, paradigm shift here is primarily you are talking in terms of uh, branding and marketing and promoting. It's a market dimension. That's, there's not, there's no paradigm shift in as far as the production is concerned. So you still depend on the production. So, but then, the way in which labor is really being controlled is really controlled in the same way in which we find that they have been controlled for years. What is called, I was just really talking about it. So today, labor is what is called the large number of people are there who uh, are not getting a job in the tea states because uh, 
uh, the there is a surplus population now in the t-shirts unlike earlier when there was scarcity of labor so you know there was a demand but today you find that that kind of demand is not there large number of them are temporary workers or seasonal workers so there is this problems that are really coming up so if one has to really think of being by virtue of the fact that i have grown i was born and grown in tea state i would really like to see a kind of a, a kind of legal uh, framework where you find that there is uh, there is uh, space for protecting the interests of the workers even when you think that the whole environment of things have changed in terms of market in terms of um, global looking etc but nevertheless one has to really find it out as to how best one can uh, what is called protect the interest of the workers either in terms of wages a decent wage if you're not really decent wage you have to look at in terms of the working conditions etc and if you if the owners are really finding it difficult so somewhere else i feel this is my personal feeling is that the state has to enter into it the state must take responsibility of the education the state must take responsibility of the health the state must take responsibility and uh, must consider them as the citizens and do exactly what it does to other people as well to the rural india because i think unless because you find that the owners have always been complaining that uh, you know uh, the the wage bill is so high and we have to do so much on the uh, invest because of the plantation labor act in hospitals in education sector they don't do anything but they will go on talking about it so what you find that for education and health and other amenities which plantation workers are supposed to supposed to have in fact is uh, neither the state is addressing nor the plantations is addressing plantation owners are addressing so it has become a merely a wage so but plantation laborers are not just just merely in economic category these are our social and cultural category and therefore what kind of issues what kind of provisions what kind of space we are creating for them to grow in a more integrated way i think those are also in issues which are there so one has to really find it out a kind of a balance that has to be worked out between the workers between uh, between workers the state and the what is called the uh, what is called the the uh, tea state owners i think some has to work out you can't just leave the workers as as they leave it to them and do nothing about it except looking for your own profit etc as it has been happening so that's really a serious problem Please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it. Underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people. So please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.